stress, anxiety, and depression are skyrocketing among children and teens. And Cook Children's Healthcare System is on a mission to bring these topics into the light. I'm Winnie King. And I'm Dr. Kristen Perch. If you have kiddos in the room, now is the time to put on those headphones. Some of the topics we'll be discussing will not be suited for young ears. This is Raising Joy. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome back to Raising Joy, the podcast. I am Winnie King, and I'm here with my vivacious, wonderful, intelligent, (laughs) um, incredible, um, (laughs) well-versed co-host. I'm going to just I'm just going to listen to that over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Kristen Perch. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Well, of course, it's always a pleasure to come hang out with you and your pup, Mr. B.B. King. Okay. Oh, Oh, okay. B.B. King is in the house. He is in the house. And, and you know, let me let me help you understand. B.B. and I had a conversation and he and I talk about the podcast. Right. And, okay. he, and he knows I do Raising Joy. And he said, Mommy, I really want to do something to raise joy. And I <gasps> said, you know, baby, I'm going to bring you to the studio. And he and, and he's he is here. raising joy as we speak. That's true. That is true. He is, he is giving Sydney raise. He is raising Sydney's joy. Yes, he's so cute. He is adorable. <laughs> I mean, there are not really words like that. We need another word. Like he cute is, doesn't really. He's adorable. He's a Morky adorable, but just so. And I'm so glad that he's passionate about giving back. <laughs> I love it. OK, so we have a mascot. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we have lots of conversations about giving back and and doing the right thing and and <laughs> <laughs> and, not, and not peeing in the house. Yeah, and oh, on my wood floors, baby. You know, we're having a time. <laughs> but you know, um, loving and having excitement about BB in the uh, studio is one thing. But I'm really, really excited about what's coming up in um, on September the 29th, Thursday at six o'clock. We are going to do raising joy podcast live that is an event it is going to be an event yes ma'am i'm yes, so ma'am. excited it's, i'm a little nervous yeah you know i kind of am too because we do this in the confines of this cocoon you right. know it is in the cocoon well, of the and, studio and if i say something wrong that's really wrong i can say hey can we try that again but if it's live there is none of that there's none of that no you you just it's out there and it's out there forever you know and no you're pressure. in front of people see when he, why are we talking about this let's let's, let's <laughs> anxiety <move on>. levels <laughs> but we're really happy about it i'm i'm kind of excited it'll and, be fun and i think we we're going to have a lot of people who are in uh, the healthcare and health um um behavioral health um uh, genre and they're all in that environment and they really want to know about what's going on. And we have this great guest speaker and his name is Dr. Andrew Solomon. He is a Pulitzer Prize uh, finalist. Yes. He is a National Book Award winner. He's a Teg Taught presenter and as well he's a professor of clinical psychology at Columbia University. What more do you need? Well, Look him up and read his article. Yeah. I, I, it, he really, yeah. he nails it. He, yeah. he really gets it. Because um, he talks about depression, suicide, the whole. In in young people. And I, I really did. I read his article and I was like, wow. Because not everybody gets it. Yeah. And he's right up our alley. He, I, I'm very excited to talk to him and, and to get his, to get some of his thoughts about yeah. um, like what he's seen and the sort of reaction that he's had after like publishing 
this particular article and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It yeah, great. yeah, I'm so excited. If you really want to come, and of course it's free, you know, we're not going to do anything that's going to charge you, but we would really love for you to um, register at cookchildrens.org slash joy if you plan to come, because that'll help us know how many drinks to prepare. Um, <laughs> you know, and we are having cocktails right before, so it I starts it. at six. So everybody come loose and ready to go, um, and then we'll learn a whole lot. And I'm just, I'm, I can't wait. I really am just excited about this. Thank you, Kim. And if I say anything embarrassing, just forget it ever happened. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> pretend. Okay. Okay. You know, working in pediatric health care, which I absolutely love and didn't realize I would after 16 years of being at Cook Children's, I'm, I'm having an anniversary in October. Wow. 16 years. Wow. Yeah. I never in my life would have thought I would have stayed. <laughs> she had no plans, guys. I didn't. I didn't. But, but here you are. But working in pediatric health care, I love it. But we hear about children having things that happen. And that's the thing that is difficult because we see the good side. We see all the wonderful things that our doctors do. You, Dr. Uh, Perch, and, and then we've got our guest with us. But then there are hard things that happen mm -hmm. to children. And that's sometimes, you know, difficult to deal with. But we hear about children being shot way too often. This is way too much. In fact, since 2017, Cook Children's has treated more than 300 children and teens for firearm injuries. That's ridiculous. I, you know, it's just too much. So we've got to do something about keeping firearms safe and making sure that the children don't get their hands on it, mom right. and dad. Don't put that thing on the coffee table. Oh yes, absolutely. we've got to we got to figure out how to put this back. But with us, you're gonna you're gonna yep. introduce. So today we are joined by Dr. Daniel Guzman. He is a passionate advocate for gun safety. He's also an emergency room physician at Cook Children's Hospital and is the medical director for Aim for Safety program. Welcome to Raising Joy. Thank you. You guys are great. Look at you guys <laughs> getting after it. Now, I do have one thing to add to uh -huh, this. Uh -huh. So I heard one of your podcasts and uh -huh. you guys had adjectives for yourselves. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I, okay, want okay. An, I want an you? adjective too. Okay. Hold on. What what would we say? Um, the, um, the targeted. <laughs> All right. I'll take that. He, uh, yes. Brilliant. Um, I'm, I'm just saying passionate, enthusiastic. Um, Warrior and, for child safety. Yes. Maybe. Yes. I like, put, I like put it on all your of CV. I'm going to put it on my CV, yeah. actually. Yeah, we <laughs> got it. Now, my children would probably say grumpy. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, grumpy. We're my wife focused. would be like, you know, you know? lazy. Yeah, no, 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 no. We don't know I, anything about that. I like that. you guys. I'm going to stay yeah, around yeah, for a while. Yeah, this is, this is good. But you know what? I remember, Dr. Guzman, several years ago when you had this thought in your head about Aim for Safety. And you and I were having a conversation about it. And I was like, ah. Deer in the headlights, kind of look. Okay, so if you what? don't know me, I am like, I can't handle guns. I just am, I'm just terrified. And when you started talking about Aim for Safety, the gun program, I was like, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that this doesn't happen. And you were like, what? but wait, 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 wait. This is not about advocating for. This is not about saying, yes, you should. This is about if you have, how do we make it safe around those children? 
Right. No, and that that was the biggest. And when I saw your eyes, yeah. you know, I saw the fear. <laughs> and, I, and I think as a children's hospital, as a pediatrician, this is what we should be doing. Yeah. The, the, we should be on the forefront of this conversation and topic and talking about it yeah. and getting our parents to understand and, and talk about it as well. And then, and also engaging our kids with the conversation. And we, we can't ignore it. And it's not, it's not going to go it's away. It's not going away. It, right. you know, we go to schools all the time. We talk to kids. And yeah. there's a lot of kids who talk about, well, I've never had to worry about it or we don't ever talk about it. My parents mm -hmm. never, you know, mentioned it, but we have a gun at home. I'm like, yeah. whoa, yeah. that, you know, and, and so that to me is extremely scary. There's some kids that we've talked to who are like enamored with guns. They see it. They're like, they're so cool. Mm -hmm. I've picked it up. And I, I've had these moments in those, in those classrooms where my eyes are just, I'm just terrified yeah. because I know one of these children may be my next patient. Right. Um, and so, and I, we try so hard to try to get to those families, those parents to mm -hmm. say, Hey, you have a firearm in the home. It's not locked up. Your child has picked it up already yeah. once, twice, three times. Yeah. He's been lucky, but this may not go on forever, yeah. right? There's there's a point where you're playing Russian roulette, not to use a yeah. pun, but you're yeah. playing Russian roulette yeah. with your children. Um, and we're we all we're all here to take care of our children, keep them safe. Why would you want to keep a firearm somewhere where they can have access to it, and especially if it's loaded? I yeah. mean, it's it it doesn't make sense, but it's and it's it's all about education and understanding why kids make those choices and those decisions. It's not, you know, they're not trying to be bad. It's no. just, it's a developmental, you know, they're at a curious. stage where they're curious, they're impulsive. Their frontal lobes are not developed. We know that. She knows. <laughs> She's on it. I'm with you because mine isn't either. Yeah, I'm still working on that one. Yeah, I, know. Um, I know. And so I think it's, we place a lot of, 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 of um, gosh, uh, losing the word here. Um, Responsibility, responsibility on a mm -hmm. on a on a kid to, to make a you do. Uh, to make the right decision every single time. You now, do. ninety nine out of hundred, and this is what I tell parents when we do our, our interventions. Mm -hmm. You know, ninety nine out of a hundred times, they're gonna they'll make that right decision. It only takes one. Yeah, it only takes one for this to go a tragic direction that you know we all are, are crying, sobbing inside, outside, yeah. and it's horrible. And that's what we're trying to prevent. I was just I, I admired you know your uh, tenacity about it. I really did. And it, it really broke me down. It did. It broke me down because I'm like, you know, this really does make sense because I don't like guns. It's just something I don't want to be around and I hate dealing with the thought. But if we are going to deal with this and we do have them and everybody has one and a lot of folks do, we've got to be careful. It is so scary when I hear on the news when a child has mm -hmm. taken that gun and put it in their backpack and taken it to school. That's already happened this school year. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Multiple times. And, and there are so many of these that you don't even hear about. That don't ever exactly. make the news. Exactly. And so you think, oh, it's only happening once or twice a year. No, it's happening way more than that. Yeah. I would say almost a weekly occasion if that's occurring. Uh, the repercussions are obviously, you know, we don't get to see that or the news doesn't highlight that. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, unfortunate, right? We want to be able to know that's happening in our community. Uh, I think our, as families, as parents, I want to know that that's occurring in my school. Uh, so I can, one, prepare my child for that scenario and how to deal with that scenario. You know, who, who can you talk to if you see a gun at school? Who can, you yeah. know, who do you go to? Uh, and what do you do if you do see it? Or somebody wants to hold, have you to hold that gun. Mm -hmm. You know, you mm -hmm. can say, oh, I'm not going to do that. I've been taught what to do. And I think that's one of the, the, you know, one of the things that parents kind of fall into a trap that, you know, well, we don't own a firearm in the home, so I don't need to talk to them about it. We don't need to discuss it. It's, you know, not true. Not, not true at all. I think they have to have the basic understanding of what to do in those situations, whether you own a gun or not, because there are so many guns out there, over 400 million guns estimated mm -hmm. in our country. 
Um, and that's a lot of firearms. And even though you don't have one in your home, your child can go to someone's right. home who does have exactly. one. Exactly. I mean, whether it's, and, and a lot of the scenarios that we see are they go to a relative's house, whether it's mm-hmm. grandmother's house or mm-hmm. aunt's house, mm-hmm. uh, or they get into somebody's car. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, guns mm-hmm. are, you know, obviously there's 400 million that are going to be not just in the homes, they're going to be in our cars as well. Right. And so we have to be aware that that's another place that our kids may run into a firearm. So setting up those scenarios and talking about it, not the, you know, put the fear of God into them, but just to understand, all right, if you come up against this scenario, what are you going to do? How are you right. going to handle it? But right. knowing as a parent, I shouldn't rely on my kid to make that responsible choice every single time. It's my responsibility yes. as a gun owner uh, to put those guns away, mm-hmm. store them properly, you know, mm-hmm. and the, the gold standard is, you know, you separate the ammunition from the gun and you store them both separately in a lockbox. That's the gold standard. Now, I know that's not going to happen yeah, and, and yeah. you, you got to meet people where they're at. Uh, and we're not here to tell someone that you couldn't, you shouldn't own a gun, uh, but we want to want you to be safer with a gun. I mean, so if you're going to, you're going to have a firearm in the home, then this is the safest way to have that firearm, especially if you have kids in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have kids, still have to think about mm-hmm. who's coming over, you mm-hmm. know, what's going on. You know, if they're in my car, you know, if I pick up, you know, whoever and they have kids, you know, gosh, if you just have it sitting in the side pocket, anybody can access yeah. that. And then that goes into the bigger conversation that we only touch on unintentional, you know, injuries, but there's the suicide part. There's the, mm. you know, unauthorized access and these guns get out in the community, you know, because they're stolen from cars or from homes yeah. because they're not locked up. Uh, and so there's a, there's a larger you know, conversation that we can be having. And I think we, our program can probably move towards uh, mm-hmm. as well because I think we've grown enough in the mm-hmm. last four or five years to be able mm-hmm. to have those conversations as well. And we're seeing those injuries anyway. I mean, it's not like, you know, we're, they're not, we're immune just because we're in Tarrant County and Fort Worth. They're still happening around yeah, us. They are. I, I need you to tell people that you are walking the walk. Because you are a gun, you you are a gun owner. So I, so two or three, yeah, so I, <laughs> a couple. You so know, I maybe know, ten, I, twenty. Yeah. I mean, oh, 30, 40, 50, I don't know. So I, I grew up in Texas. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I've grown up with firearms all my life, um, and I've been shooting since I was six, seven, eight. Um, and so I, you know, they're part of who I am just growing up in, in Texas and in my family and hunting. And then we still hunt now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I do own firearms. I think, you know, it's not a, they're not a bad thing. It's not a bad no. tool. It's just in the wrong hands. Obviously they can cause bad things to happen, uh, or in unex- inexperienced hands, they can definitely cause harm. Uh, but I own firearms at home. I have three children, all mm-hmm. from the ages of, you know, 12 to, to eight. Mm-hmm. And I work in an, e, in an ER in a place where I see these injuries. So I see all that time. all that come together. Uh, and I, so I feel I can give the advice. Uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. yes, I'm a pediatrician and I'm a doctor, mm-hmm. uh, but doesn't, you know, that, that's only one part of who I am. There's another part that I am a gun, gun owner. Mm-hmm. I'm a gun enthusiast mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as well. And so I need to understand, I understand I, there's a certain responsibility that comes with that. And I think mm-hmm. the average gun owner, own owner is a responsible gun owning person. person. Yeah. Okay. And so it's just understanding that ah, there's a, there's some traps there, you know, if you do have kids. And I think it's, it's you know, when I first started buying my own guns and having my own guns, I didn't have kids. I didn't have to worry about where they were at, how mm-hmm. they were stored. They mm-hmm. were just in my house. Not, still not the right thing, but I've matured mm-hmm. over time. Mm-hmm. And I had kids. And then I realized quickly, as you go from one to two to three, and uh, as they go from crawling to walking to mm-hmm. you know, exploring exploring and climbing everything, you're like, oh, man, my risk level has just shot up mm-hmm. tremendously. Mm-hmm. Now I got to be responsible and understand what I need to do, which is I need to put them away. I need yeah. to find the safe place for them, which is a lockbox or a safe. That's the, that's the only acceptable place for a firearm um, if you have children. Yeah. I agree. I So I'm a Texas gal as well. I grew up 
my dad and my brother hunted like every weekend during deer season. I mean, and, and it's a, it is a lovely activity for them. I mean, they lovely. would not, they lovely. would, well, I was going to say they would not like it for me lovely. to describe it. Well, I guess the bonding part is what sure. I would say okay. is not, I know she's lovely. like, lovely. you're right. And then that harkens back to like the deer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, no, okay. No. Okay. No, Forget there, I said lovely. Okay. There is something lovely about it though. I the mean, bond, the bond, you know, the emotional the time, bond. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That, okay. I'll take that. That everything else. Okay. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> well, if so, Kroger's wasn't there, how would you survive? Winnie? Okay. I'd be lovely. You'd be lovely. <laughs> shoot, shoot, shooting deer. <laughs> but the good news is Kroger, Albertsons, uh, it exists. Tom Thumb, you know, Sprouts. <laughs> I know. I think I would just Whole starve. Food. I think I may have to starve. Yeah, I don't okay. know. All day. They're all there. Okay, yes. anyway. So I grew up and my dad cleaning his guns. It, you know, yeah. like it it yeah. it never yeah. it was just like you just grew up in it. And so it never it never really registered to me as anything abnormal. I will say whenever I do know that there was a significant change whenever I went, whenever I started going through psychiatry residency, and then you see people who have attempted suicide and have not been successful. And then you see the effects of like mm -hmm. firearms on people. Yeah. And so I remember coming home for Christmas and going into a sporting goods store with my dad. And we were, he was like, Oh, I'm going to go look at this. I'm going to go look at this gun. And I, you know, I'm just like, okay, I walk in and I feel my blood pressure. Mm. Like I can feel it. I'm mm. not typically that anxious of a person, but mm -hmm. I could feel like a visceral reaction. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that having that experience has changed me mm. to the point that, you know, I, for me there, my, my dad offered to buy my husband a shotgun, um, because you know, what else are you going to give someone for a wedding gift? And <laughs> so it yeah. was, it was, it yeah. was, to help Texan, shoot okay? your wife or something. <laughs> no, no. An intruder. Yeah, He's not going to no. shoot okay. me. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Why would he shoot me? No, he would never do that. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, but it was Okay the safe has to come with it. I yeah. do yeah. like One there is time. no gun yeah. like safe first. Yeah. Safe's here. Okay, cool. We can put it in. It's a biometric safe. Like yep. we're not, yep. I do not play around. Okay. So when you were at home back in the day, when your father had the guns, was there this talk there was, about safety and all of that? And there was, was safety, but they were not secured. Okay. I'm sorry, Oppie. Okay. But um, yeah, they were not secured the way that yeah, they should be, but you know, they are now. Yeah. You because know, of our conversation. Oh, oh, back in the day, I remember going to, because I'm from Oklahoma and my, my grandparents are from Texas and I would come here to visit during the summer and my grandfather had rifles sitting in the corner. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, they're yeah, just yeah, standing yeah. in the corner, yes. but we knew not to touch. We knew not to touch. Right. And I mean, several corners, you right. know, but yes. that's just because like you said, he was going out hunting, he was doing whatever he did, but we knew as children not to, not to touch them. But now <laughs> things have definitely changed over time. Yes. I mean, you know, there was the fear of dad for me. I mean, guns were in the house. They, I've never had the talk about don't ever touch the guns that, you know, you're going to hurt yourself. That, that never occurred in right. our, our household. They it, never, they, the talk was, it, it was it just, didn't either. you, 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 knew? you, just, you just knew, knew. You, knew. you just knew, you um, just knew. And you just knew that you weren't going to, now I will be honest. Did I ever, did I go in there and touch those guns? And yes, you did. yes I did. <laughs> I mean, it, See, little boys are different. Yes. And that's what I tell parents now, though, is that even then the fear of dad that I was going to, you know, I was going to pay dearly if I you know, was caught. Um, I still went in there and did it. Yeah, I no. still, and I, I'm like, I, I tell parents, don't expect your kids to just do what you say mm -hmm. every single time. They're, right. you know, they're, they're, they're trying to, you know, find some independence or doing things. And they're, and in, they're curious. Impulsive and they're yeah. curious. They're yeah. going to find them. And they know where they're at already in the home. 
why not deal with that yeah. and say, let's yeah. be safe about it. And yeah. let's, let's make sure they can't access those and hurt themselves. Dr. Guzman, talk a little bit about Aim for Safety and what the program actually is. What do you do? So Aim for Safety uh, was born in 2017. It really has gr- got a lot of traction in the last two or three years. The It's become a system initiative. It's been a wonderful, yes. uh, I mean, the support, you know, the, your yes, eyes back yes, then, yes. Uh, I, I, you know, at that time I felt this is going to be a hard road. I mean, yeah. there, there's yeah. no one who wants to talk about this at Cook yeah. and, and I was totally wrong. Yeah. So everyone. Yeah. And I think we've been able to kind of ride the middle where we need to be. We're not here exactly. one side or the other, yeah. uh, but the program is an initiative all about gun safety. So our, our main target is parents and kids. We want to make sure that they understand the three keys of what aim for safety is that safe children, safe play and safe storage, okay. uh, safe children. You know, we want to make sure they understand uh, well, uh, parents understand that when our kids go to anybody else's house, that mm-hmm. we have those conversations, you know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. a, a few moments of, of being uncomfortable, it's definitely worth it over a lifetime of pain because you didn't ask those questions and your child went into someone else's house and there was a gun there and they got right. Um, And so it's having that conversation, you know, you can, I always tell people, blame it on me. Say my doctor says I should be asking about this. Uh, And, and, you know, you can do a text message. That's another great way. Text messages are not great for a lot of things. I think because we are so focused on our phones, but I think you can open up a conversation with, Hey, do you guys have any firearms in the home kind of deal? And that kind of bridges the gap of, can you put them away? Do something with them. My son's coming over. Face to face, where that face to face can yeah. be really uncomfortable, it can. especially in Texas, yes, you know, where you know people are passionate about their firearms. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think that's that's the first part of this is you know we we have to start talking about it and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not out of bounds. Mm-hmm. It, you know, no one should be offended by the conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like anything else. You know, whether there's you know pools in the home and they lock kids, you know, those locked up, you know, yeah. or gated yeah. rather, um, you know, pills and all these other things that we all think about, right? So that's the first part. The second part is our kids have to know what to do in that in, the, in that in that situation. So you know, stop, don't touch, run away, and tell somebody are the key parts that we teach our kids. You mm-hmm. know, you don't have to know anything else other than don't ever touch it. Mm-hmm. You run out of the room and you go tell somebody and you and, and, you and know, let them let, let them handle let it. them handle it. Yeah. Um, and so I'll t- I'll tell you guys a story. I had an, uh, one of our nurses who came up to me the other day and said, "Hey, I t- I tested my own child at home." Oh put a gun out in the middle of the table oh. and wanted to see what they were going to do. Oh. And, and so what his response was, there was a couple other kids around and they all kind of came into the kitchen. They saw the gun and he cleared the room. He oh. put them all in the corner. Oh. Um, so I was like, yes. Oh we, my we gosh. Have a, we have a win. Yeah. And then the next, the next thing happened. He picked it up by the handle, barrel down and uh, brought it to mom. Okay. And I was like, okay, that was, Cute, but not no, exactly what what, what, I, want. what I wanted. Yeah, and I said in his it, mind, in his mind, and even her mind, he was doing the, the right, right thing. thing. You know, yeah, he was clearing the room. He was, you know, doing, you know, not looking close. and picking. But we were so close, and, and so yeah. it's having that was a tough conversation to have yeah. with somebody. Is yeah, like, close you enough. know, I think we we can still do better in that situation mm-hmm. because that gun, even with a mm-hmm. you know just a minimum amount of jostling, could go off depending on the trigger pressure, you yeah. know, of that gun. So, yeah. and that what trigger pressure is is how easily you can pull back up the trigger and it'll mm-hmm. go off. And, mm-hmm. and that can range from a little bit from two and a half pounds of, of pressure to as much as 12 pounds of pressure. And, mm. and you know, to equate that to cracking an egg is about five pounds of pressure. So, mm. you know, you kind of get oh, you a wow. visual. It doesn't take a whole lot for some of these wow. guns that people have set up that it can go off with just a little bit of movement. Wow. And so that was a kind of a great teaching point for me to be able to impart to them. That like, hey, you know, that's, that's, you know, this is probably did great clearing the room and, you know, kind of calling for, for you and all these other things. But I think the next step, the, you know, 
know, the, the next. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Just don't touch go it. Go get mom and yeah, let them come and get it. it. So yeah. it's, a, it's you know, education, right? We just keep talking about it. But I think it's important for kids to understand exactly what to do. Yeah. Uh, and then the final thing, which I think is the most important, is safe storage. I mean, yeah. we have to put our firearms. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if we own firearms and, you know, we have to put them away. Yeah, we have to do. lock them up. Yeah. And, we, and, and, you know, again, it's I meet people where they're at, you know, People are always concerned about safety, right? That someone's going to come through my door and they're going to, you know, hurt me. And I want to have a gun available, for, available, mm-hmm. quick access. Now, mm-hmm. if that gun's in the closet in the bedroom, how much time do you have to really get to that gun before that person gets to the door? If they're breaking down your door, yeah. not a whole lot of time. Yeah. I mean, I, I always argue that if you have a gun and you're worried about safety, and there, and you have to understand people's situations. Right. When, when we talk to people and kids uh, in East Dallas, there's genuine fear. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they live with you. gunshots every yeah. single yeah. night. They're hearing right? it. Yeah. I totally understand yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and so if you're that fearful, then that gun mm-hmm. should be on your person all the time, time until mm-hmm. you go to bed and then it goes into a lockbox. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in South Lake, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> the, the odds of that happening. Depends on who you are. Yeah. Right. And, and, and so I think that's a real key, key, key part of, of understanding, yeah. you know, the real threat. What is the yes, real threat for right. you versus not? And, and how do you deal with that threat? And yeah. I think, you know, the vast majority of us have the time to be able to go to a lockbox, whether it's a biometric or a punch, whatever it mm-hmm. is, to open that up and, and pull that weapon yeah. out. It's very rare. Um, and then you always get the argument, well, you know, if I'm not home and my kids are home, they need to have access. And, and that becomes a and n- whole different and conversation. Do what? Protect themselves. Uh, And so (laughs) I'm like, kids can get under a bed like real good. Right. There, those are definitely (laughs) options running away, but those are real, those are real stories though. People are really fearful of that. So how do you, how do you manage that and how do you help them? Well, and two, like you said, you have to meet people where they are. And so the risk is different based on where you are. And so maybe that isn't really something. So no, I, I made a joke, but that's, I shouldn't have. Cause it, cause it's true. It like that, true. It, everybody it lives true. with a different level yeah, of um, safety and security. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and that's one thing that I've grown as a, as a program director or understanding just firearms in mm-hmm. general, how I've grown and understood what I'm teaching and that I can't just be black and mm-hmm. white about it. It's not mm-hmm. really black and white. There's not, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, there is a, the, the safe storage is really important, but I don't, I'm not fearful necessarily of someone coming through my home. I think about that, but is that going to really happen? Probably not uh, in my lifetime. Probably not. Okay. Uh, am I prepared for it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but mm-hmm. I also know, and you can practice things, right? In my mind, I practice well. I'm going to go get my gun out of the safe, and this is how That's I'm going to do it. You can, you, you, it becomes routine for you, mm-hmm. as opposed to okay, it's the first time it's going on. Of course, it's going to take you two, three, four times as long to get mm-hmm. to that firearm. But if mm-hmm. you practice those things, then yeah. it's you know, it gives you a little bit of comfort that okay, I can lock it up and still get to it yeah. at the same time yeah. and feel safe for my family. And it depends on where you are too, because being in the house as opposed to being in the car, is a little different. Well, but. even the car, you can lock it up. There yeah. are plenty of devices that you can put in your car that will okay. keep that stored. I had one in my truck uh, okay. before I sold it. So, And it's a lockbox with a key. Um, okay. So there are definitely ways you can still do that and be safe about it and still have quick access. Again, you know, if you're going to have a gun and you feel that unsafe, then it needs to be on your person for right. your personal protection at that point. And then right. that becomes a whole level of other decision-making processes right. in your mind. Lord. If somebody does come at me, how am I going to deal with that? Am I really going to pull my weapon? There And there's, and, a, so there's mm. a lot of education and a lot yeah. of training and practice that yeah. goes into it. It's not just a willy-nilly decision of pulling no, a firearm and, mm. and having it on you. Uh, there's a lot of repercussions to yes. just pulling a gun. I yes. mean, and somebody yes. says, you pull the gun on them. You got to shoot. That's a lifetime of, of, yeah. of, you know, going to court and all these other things. You're oh, always going to be presumed 
not necessarily guilty, but you're going to, you're going to go to, you're going to have to deal with the consequences. Yeah, you're going to have to go mm-hmm. into jail probably, you know, on something like that. Even if you just pull self-defense because someone else needs to make that decision and that's yeah. going to be a grand jury, but the, the police will have to do their <laughs> part to, to, to make sure that that was a, quote unquote, a clean shoot, whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so those are all, there's so many different parts and layers to this right. that make it scary. And I have a healthy respect for it. I own guns, but I have a healthy respect of all of those, just those parts of the decision-making process mm-hmm. that, that are really important to really yeah. being safe. And I don't, I don't want to one, live with that guilt. And then two, like I, like that would be impossible for me. And then also I don't want to leave my future life decisions to someone else mm-hmm. like the judicial system. Like I just yeah. don't. So yeah. no. um, that's too hard. No. So what was the study that really launched the program? So when I came to Winnie and I started talking about this. <laughs> there's so much history wait, 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 that wait, I did wait, not wait, know. Wait a minute. Yeah. Let me just say after, after having a couple of conversations, I became an advocate. Let me just say that. I wasn't at first, but after a couple of conversations where I really did understand the, the, the target, Okay. Yeah. All no. Right. And I think, and and everyone, I, I expected that. I expected that there needed to be multiple conversations with different people to understand the perspective that I brought and, yeah. and why I was doing this. It, yeah. it was it was bigger was than yeah. It was bigger than just one side or the other. It was about what I was yeah. seeing in the ER. Exactly. Yes. And that was that just was disturbing to me. And that was, was that was heartbreaking to me. And we still see it. And it's. Still, still heartbreaking. You sit there and you're going, oh my gosh, this is, mm-hmm. this we is still so have preventable. Work to do. We still have work um, to do. But one way that I thought would be a great way, and then we already know this, that that is for parents to see their kids in action. Let's put them to the test. If, mm-hmm. if, if so many parents, and I may fall into that category at some point as well, that I feel like, well, my kids, they know. They know what I do. I'm the gun yeah. guy. Yeah, they yeah, know yeah. that they'll never touch a gun, but I can't rely on that to be always, you know, always the case. Um, and so I, we brought them into the hall. We, we selected families that were high risk. So they have firearms in the home. They're not, they're not locked up. Um, and we put them in a room and we let parents see from another room what was going on live. And so the kids didn't know they were being tested. There was some three firearms in the room with some, some toys and other things in the room. And mm-hmm. we just see what they do. Um, and the, now obviously these were not loaded. These were not loaded. These are all non-functional weapons. They have been, uh, made not to be able to fire. You couldn't even put any uh, ammunition in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were uh, re- looked at by our firearm expert, Walter, um, from our hospital okay. uh, as well. And so none of these could fire. Uh, but, say, can you can you tell my anxiety by this? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like this is my psychiatrist's anxiety about firearms coming out. I'm like, surely, surely. You, well, you want to you see real anxiety is we did a, a yeah. photo shoot yeah. uh, a few weeks ago and that's really anxious. I mean, for me, even though I know none of these weapons can shoot mm-hmm. and I put my own kids in, the, in those pictures as well because I, I think they understand I still don't would trust them but mm-hmm. but there's some anxiety there mm-hmm. just to see a kid pull a gun and put <laughs> it through their face <laughs> it makes nope. it makes me I can't it makes me uh it makes me just uh just breathe just breathe, just breathe. <laughs> I'm trying open and, up and, just breathe I'm doing and, it and so that study was to show parents in a yeah. non-lethal way yeah. what could happen. It was a do-over. So this is an opportunity to bring you guys in, let your kids do what they do, mm-hmm. and see what happens. Let mm-hmm. the chips fall where they may. And and hopefully that was enough of a of a stimulus to say, gosh, we need to do something different. This I thought is, my kids would be better. Exactly. I thought that they would walk away. Way. And I, you know, and and some parents thought it was a win because they picked it up, but they didn't look down the barrel, or you know. And I and I, and again, <laughs> nope. 
there's no win in that situation, yeah, honestly, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and so th- those are the tough ones. Those are the tough conversations mm-hmm. you still have because they parents feel confident. If they're if you're a gun enthusiast and you own firearms, sometimes mm-hmm. you just you feel really confident in your ability to teach your kids what and to do. And that's fine. And that's but great. It, but even if they pick it up and they don't shoot, you know, they don't point the barrel at themselves, yep. you've just picked it up and the barrel is pointing at little Johnny, your brother. Mm-hmm. And how else? many times have we heard that it's yep. that situation yep. where the, the little brother was shot but accidentally. That happens more often than you think, or even an adult as yeah. a result of that situation. Because yeah. they come into the room going, oh, and then the yeah. kids are just pulling the trigger because they're scared. Yeah. And so oh, that goes God. off. So we've seen that occur as well. So so I, w- I was hoping that, and that was, again, when you talk about anxiety. So uh, Jill Cost from our, mm-hmm. our child, <laughs> life. child life mm-hmm. was not happy. And yeah. she understood the, the importance of it, but it was a tough situation to bring into the hospital and do mm-hmm. uh and how you, it is in the hospital it and it's in her turf yep. it's in one of the play zones and you have cameras set up in the room yep. and the and the parents are on the other side of the, the the glass and they get to see exactly how these kids interact and it is i've seen the video it's like yeah. it's chilling i mean and but 94 percent of the kids didn't do the right thing quote unquote they either picked up the gun they uh were they touched it they moved it or, or they didn't tell someone uh, mm-hmm. and again those are all you know what we preach and what we teach don't you know you stop you don't touch you tell someone you get away mm-hmm. uh and you know none of them you know 94 percent didn't, didn't do, that. do it so yeah and so that was kind of led into a larger study that we're doing now um for with the kids ages four to twelve to continue that same work to kind of have a, hopefully in the end, a, a really good study that shows that, yes, this is, this is a good intervention, a good way to show parents how important it is. And then this is enough to get them to go out and buy a safe or do something different with their storage practice. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that this is not political. This is not political at all. This is not about, yes, your second amendment and we ought to, it, it has nothing to do with that. It is all about the safety of your child, your family, the people around you, the people who come over to your house. All of that is just what we want to really do. Make sure that these people are safe. Everybody's safe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My son uh, wants me so badly because he's taking me to, to shoot and I'm like, Lord have mercy. <laughs> When he's not ready. Father in heaven, I don't (laughs) want to do this. So I've gone and he's really trying to get me to buy. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, no. (laughs) That's why you have a dog. Yeah. Yeah. A a very big dog, though. A three-pound Yorkie. Yeah. (laughs) Morky. The bad guy, yeah. quote unquote bad guy, would be distracted by how cute yeah, he is. Yeah. So you're good. Yeah. You're absolutely good. Yeah. And I get it. I, I do get it. And I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, I don't fault anybody for, for having it, and but it is just not something that I can handle. I just can't. It's just being comfortable with it. Yeah, I, I mean, not. it's it's practice and training is what it comes down yeah. to. I mean, and, and so yeah. I don't want to alienate the, you know, the gun enthusiast in no, any of this because no, I, I think no. they are responsible people. Yes, they, are. Um, they know the right things to do. Um, it's just a matter of putting it. It is a little it. unsettling, though, when you go into Home Depot and there's somebody packing. That's true. It's a little unsettling. So, it just is. You know, like, do you even, have to? Really? It's a statement is what that is. Oh, I, I mean, well, you, can we just write something on Facebook and make a statement? Why do we have to wear it in the store? In the middle of the pandemic, I went into Walmart one day and there was one guy who was carrying a gun. You could see it. And he didn't have a mask. I think it was it's testing. The, <laughs> he had a gun, but no 
mask. mask. Exactly. So I think he's he was, gonna shoot the COVID. Well, he, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, sorry guys. Good, good luck getting that one. <laughs> oh um, my god. But I think he, people like to test that. I think it's a it's it's showing their Second Amendment rights. They, and they, it's fine. And and but it, does it is. It, we could argue all day. Is it right? The right thing to do? Is it smart to do? It's just scary. Uh, I mean, it's I think, unsettling. I think in my in my case, I would like to be the person who who you don't know has a gun, um, and that's fine. If you have it, and I don't know it, I'm happy. But baby, when you all you know, it's just right here on the hip, and you're like, "Jeez, oh, peace, where do you live?" Right, <laughs> Texas is where he lives. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I'm why, sorry. Why are you so passionate about this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> great question, right? That is that is a great question. Okay. Um, I think is because it's dear to my heart as well. I and mean, you are it, passionate because nobody can say you're not. No, nah, no one can say that. I can say you I'm lazy passionate. and no. grumpy sometimes yeah, and overworked or whatever you want to call me. But and we appreciate uh, that. But the firearm thing, I am really. I think it's because it. I do own firearms, and so it's a part of who I am as well. Um, but. What I see in the ER, you can't unsee. Uh, exactly. I, I, and that's the part that really hurts. And it hurts yeah. all of us in the ER, mm-hmm. all the staff who have to go through that over and over and over to, you know, you, you, you start off with these emotions. You're so upset. You're mad. You're like, why, why does, you know, why is this happening? Why mm-hmm. could you have done this? And then it goes into just sorrow and sadness and your heart's yes. just breaking. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, there's many a times that, that after doing something like that and trying to revive a child from a gunshot when you, uh, you know, and sometimes that'll happen early in your shift and I'm a wreck for the rest of my shift. I can't, you can't function. You can't, you know, you're just, it just plays over in your head. And a lot of it is I see my own kids there. I mean, you you know, you kind of, you're like, man, my kids are all the same ages as, you know, what we see sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And that hurts. Uh, And and it's, I mean, this is, for me, it's like, uh, this shouldn't happen. I shouldn't have to. It's preventable. 100%. 100%. They are preventable. I mean, a kid should not be able to find a gun and shoot himself ever. I mean, that should not ever be a, a, an issue in our society. It is. And so this is why we're here talking about yeah. it. But that is probably the the worst part about it is, is having to deal with that in the ER and having to, you know, parents are going, why did this happen to me? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, I mean, you put yourself at risk one, but I'm not here to browbeat you or no, anything else no, i'm here to no. say gosh all how can i help you now i mean what can i do because i this this pain i didn't bring on mm-hmm. and this pain is going to be a lifetime of regret mm-hmm. uh and emotional just wreck just because th- how much i can imagine what yeah. you know how much gosh how much you put on yourself of yeah, something like guilt. that yeah the guilt yes. of, of something like that it happens it's it's have you ever had a parent who really came back and said i need to be an advocate for this We've not been able to, I mean, these are hard situations and I think everyone, it never, no one ever thinks it's going to happen to them. And that's why it's so much harder to find someone who says, I want to be that person. I want to help you. I want to help you. Uh, because it's so they, painful. They, I think it's so painful and that there's a guilt part of that. They, they, people are going to look at them and they're going to shame them because it, they let this they happen will. to the kids. Mm. And I people think. People love to judge to judge exactly and and that's and that's been the hardest part again i can we can still deliver the message and i and i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to evoke someone else's pain Mm -hmm. if they're if they're willing to come in and talk and 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 help because i think that is powerful in itself it It can change lives i mean it's to see it you can see it through my eyes to to Mm -hmm. an extent but to see it through a parent's eyes who's who have lost a child Mm -hmm. uh, you know that comes shining through unfortunately and 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 so i think um someone will 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 
step up at some point, you know, as we do this and, mm-hmm. and they will. I'm here to, to op, you know, open arms and, and hold you and say, let's, let's do what we can to, to make a difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it exactly. never happens again. Yeah. I'm with you. Mm. You know, I'm a psychiatrist, so <laughs> really, you might've heard, I don't know, <laughs> but mental health aspect of treating these injuries over and over and over and feeling like, and, and, and the, the visual like all of those things, like do you, it impacts the staff? Oh, heck yeah. I mean, we are worn down. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. I mean, I've done this for 21 years and, and up until 2017, it was always just, you push it away, you push it away, but yep. then something finally just clicks and you're like, you can't push it away anymore. You cry with a family, you pray with a family, yeah. you hurt with a family and you, you know, you, you can't, you just get to a point where you can't do that anymore. Yes. And there's a certain amount of guilt that you feel because I'm trying to save. I'm trying to help. But I I, I don't have enough to do. I can't do there's it. There's not enough of me or enough of, you know, my program and people in the program to be able to be out and talk to everybody. I, I'd love to be able to go to every school every single day and be somewhere talking to kids and families about it all day long. But I have to do my other job. But it, 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 <laughs> It, it affects us all. I mean, and everyone is, is truly worn and they are hurting because of what we see and how often we see it. Um, and like when he said earlier, it's preventable. I mean, we don't, we shouldn't have to deal with these. We shouldn't have to see these young kids die, um, as a result of these types of injuries. I mean, it shouldn't, it shouldn't happen. I'm so grateful for your passion. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I really am. And and again, you know, I said it. I was like, yeah, no, we're not going to do this. <laughs> if I got any say in it. But I'm really grateful for your passion and your enthusiasm and what you bring to the table. And and the fact that you are so um, even keeled about it. And, and it Non-judgmental. is. Yes. Yes. And it is about the right thing to do. And that is being safe and and trying to keep these kids safe. You know, somebody's got to do it. So I'm very appreciative of what you do. Really, just even though I was scared, but it, it <laughs> you know, it turned out well. It it has turned out well, and it's turning out well because it's growing and it's it's you know things are happening. I so. mean, we're doing so many different things. We're into the schools, and that's always been a hard uh, place to navigate. Yeah. And, and there's so much fear from you know, oh, we're talking about guns in the schools, and yeah. you know, we can't do that. And yeah. I think we're in a place where we've seen enough tragedy in our lives, and yes. enough school shootings, and enough of all of this that I think it, it's a, it's a welcome thing that somebody wants to come and talk about how can we be safe and what can we do? Yeah. Uh, and we, this you know, is something we can do. And this do. is one of those things we can do. I mean, uh, and I think it, it, it's a big engagement with not only schools, but those gun shop owners as well. And, and turning the tide of, you know, hey, if you're going to sell a gun, let's sell some safety you know, stuff with it. You know, yeah, we, we all yeah, get a cable yeah. lock when you buy a gun, but let's start to push that as well. Yeah. I mean, if we want to, if we really want to make a difference and I think, uh, the firearm, uh, gun shop owners are, are right at the thick of it. I mean, mm, they can, sure. I think they can tip the needle in, mm-hmm. in a direction where if they're doing the right thing and they're actually advocating for more safety products in our homes and, and not just to sell something, but, yeah, but yeah. truly mean that, I think that's where, because you ha- you have to go to a gun shop to buy a gun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. and if there's, and I think it's it's they're modeling if they model, you know, that that kind of behavior, it's, it's important to have mm-hmm. this with this. Yeah. Then exactly. I think people, especially new gun owners who, you know, 
Mike Winnie could be one me. day. Yeah, you know, you exactly. Are, me. You're, you're, Poor BB. He could get shot. <laughs> I don't know. You have to protect BB. Yeah, I have to you protect, have to protect BB. BB. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, but I think that's really important. I mean, it I, is. I think that that's the next step. That's the next level of of where you know I think the gun enthusiast and the gun owner feels targeted, but I think they're, they're not the problem. They're the answer. They I, I think all that's exactly that, it. That's the answer right there. Yes. And that's where we need to help and focus and, yeah. and kind of move that conversation. And mm-hmm. if they accept that and they want to do, you know, they're like, Oh, I think that makes sense. And they don't feel like they're being infringed upon and mm-hmm. they're two mm-hmm. a rights being taken away. And, right. and they're a part of the solution as opposed to they're the problem. Yeah. I think that makes, and to me, it just makes sense. It, it just, it does. Uh, and I think people are more receptive to that. Mm-hmm. than all the other stuff that's out there right now that's yeah. that's playing. Dr. Guzman, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a great conversation. It has. Thank you, guys. I, I appreciate felt, it. I feel good. You do. Okay, good. <laughs> well, I'm happy with my passionate <laughs> adjective as well. Yeah. Yes, warrior. Don't warrior. forget that one. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So thank you so much for coming on. And to our listeners, thank you for supporting Raising Joy. And please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe and tell your friends about us. Until next time, just breathe. Open up. You You matter. matter.